0: WTC Minneapolis-St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. Pacific Gas and Electrics decided to flip the switch this evening, cutting power to nearly a million customers in 36 counties of Northern California as winds pick up and fire danger looms. San Jose Deputy City Manager Kip Harkness. They have notified us that we will have a power shut off. The exact time is not clear, but it will likely be um, later this evening. Um, the wind event will peak early morning Sunday, but we expect them to shut the power off several hours in advance of that. The Kincaid Fire churning through wine country north of San Francisco grew overnight. It's only 10% contained. And the entire communities of Healdsburg and Windsor were ordered evacuated ahead of the severe winds that could lead to erratic fire behavior near the blaze. Democratic presidential hopeful Tulsi Gabbard says she'll give up her seat in Congress to focus solely on winning the 2020 presidential election. This is SRN News. Do you use our station's mobile app? If so, we'd appreciate you taking our short survey to let us know what you think. Your feedback will help us develop an even better mobile app. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $1,000 gift card. That's right, a $1,000 gift card. So download our mobile app now. Take the survey, and you might just win a $1,000 gift card. AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio.
2: Hour 2 of Brad Carlson coming up next right here at AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. If you'd like me to hear on air each day, drop by and give us a like on Facebook. You'll find local news stories, free resources, contests, and info about our upcoming events. Here's your Twin Cities forecast, brought to you by Great Plains Windows and Doors. Sunny day, high of 57. Tonight, increasing clouds, a low of 36. More Brad Carlson coming up next right here on The Patriot.
0: This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch
3: Berg. Welcome back Twin Cities World. Brad Carlson in for the aforementioned Mitch Berg, who is out on assignment today. Glad to be with you. And here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions on today's show content. As always, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. If you've listened to any of our Northern Alliance Radio Network programs for any length of time, you know that we are uh, very big-time Uh, Second Amendment advocates on this broadcast and obviously watching any of the Democrat presidential debates has been uh, pretty horrifying since, well, a vast majority of them are openly campaigning against the Bill of Rights, specifically the Second Amendment. And perhaps one of the biggest offenders is former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke, who went so far as to say, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s and your AK-47. And when pressed on it, finally was conceded that, yes, it would be via confiscation from law enforcement. Well, here to talk about that is our next guest. Uh, Stephen Gutowski is a writer for the Washington Free Beacon. You can check out their fine work at freebeacon.com. Stephen focuses mainly on gun policy and has penned a couple of pieces in the past couple of weeks regarding uh, Congressman O'Rourke's comments. Uh, First of all, Stephen Gutowski, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thanks for coming on today, sir.
4: Hey, thanks for having me
3: on. We appreciate the time, uh, as always. I guess uh, let's get right into it, Stephen. Uh, You had written a piece this past week about uh, Beto uh, O'Rourke's flat-out declaration that he believes uh, law enforcement will go door-to-door and seize uh, AR-15s, AK-47s from law-abiding citizens. Uh, You had the opportunity to gauge the reaction of uh, some prominent police groups. And uh, as predicted, Stephen Kotowski, they didn't take too kindly to it, did they?
4: (laughs) No, no, not at all. Um, You know, I I reached out to some of the largest police groups in the country. Uh, You know, the Fraternal Order of Police, the National Sheriff's Association. uh, You know, so these groups represent hundreds of thousands of law enforcement agent uh officers across the country and not one of them was supportive of this idea and in fact they were pretty openly hostile to it
3: yeah and and not surprising obviously putting him in in that position where uh he flat out indicates that he's going to uh, uh require that law enforcement to collect these firearms now uh, when he made this uh, particular—I mean, let's get rid of the wiggle room. Beto O'Rourke's never going to be president of the United States. He's been hovering in single digits uh, probably since a few weeks after he first announced, had the big fundraising boon, and then just has really been irrelevant since then and is trying to get back in the race making uh, shocking statements. But that said, do you kind of see his tactics as—or do, you, or do you see the other Democrats maybe kind of viewing him as— for lack of a better phrase, kind of a useful idiot floating some of these radical ideas out there and they can maybe come in and uh, uh, with some less, what seem as less insane gun proposals, Stephen Gutowski?
4: Uh, you know, maybe that's a possibility. Um, you know, there has been uh, a lot of criticism of him even from Democrats um, and liberals and gun gun control activists saying, you know, essentially he's making it harder on them right. by... Uh, by advocating for gun confiscation um, because it erodes trust, whatever trust is is there to begin with uh, in the process that this is not what, you know, obviously, because the argument has long been that gun confiscation is not what gun control activists want. And so now you have a a fairly prominent uh, voice come out and say, actually, it is what we want. And that uh, clearly complicates a lot of things.
3: What about, uh, obviously we uh, hear a lot of the uh, focus that has been on some of these spree killings, these mass shootings that have taken place over the, the, the past few years. I mean, a lot of people, uh, uh, Second Amendment advocates advocates point to the fact that over the, uh, over the past 20 years, uh, gun violence, particularly gun homicides, have drastically increased, but yet people focus on these mass shootings, and it's hard not to because they, they are uh, obviously talked about a lot in the media, as it should be. It's a big news story, no doubt about it. But I want to talk specifically about the firearms that are targeted by leftists, like the AR-15s and AK-47s that Beto O'Rourke has mentioned. Uh, what, per- Stephen? You're pretty good with numbers. I follow you on Twitter. You have a lot. Seem to have a lot of facts at your disposal. Are these particular weapons that pervasive in a lot of these uh, spree killings? Yeah, well Well, uh, you
4: know, the, I would say that AR-15s. Um, obviously they have been used in a number of, you know, very high profile incidents for sure. Um, but even, even in mass shootings, they're not the majority. The majority is still uh, handguns Mm -hmm. uh, like you would see in sort of your, um, more, uh, common murders. Um, you know, rifles are only, you know, all rifles are only used in less than 400 murders, uh, you know, a year on average, um, you know we're you know out of uh, about fifteen thousand murders per year, according to the FBI. So you know rifles and then AR fifteens and ak forty sevens as a subset of that are not very commonly used in uh, crime in the United States in in murders. So you know, uh, as far as the idea of our AR fifteens or ak forty sevens uh, significant driver of crime in America, clearly the statistics show us otherwise. And then as to the question of, well, are they somehow specialized for these mass mass attacks? Uh, you know, it's a little more complicated of a question. But even in that area, they're not the most common, right. commonly used firearms. So, you know, that, that, that sort of throws a wrench into the sorts of arguments that uh, Beta or Work and others have made on that front.
3: No, I know. I know as a as a staunch second minute amendment advocate as you are that has to be utterly horrifying to watch media coverage of these incidents i mean not i mean obviously first and foremost human lives have been senselessly taken that supersedes everything else is you know watching the coverage unfold no doubt about it but then secondary to that is you get some of these media types they come out and they and they editorialize on guns and Everything to them is a machine gun or everything to them is an assault rifle. And then, when all the facts come in and it's ascertained, well, no, they, the weapons used weren't as high caliber as, as you're touting them. It almost seems too late, Stephen Gutowski. The narrative is out there, and uh, obviously they uh, people like Beto O'Rourke have this desire to confiscate these weapons, even though they aren't. Responsible for a, a lot of these shootings. I mean, you as a as an activist, Stephen, has to has to be utterly horrified at some of these narratives that are continually pushed forth.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, it bothers me more as a as a journalist, you know, like it's, because it's one thing to disagree with somebody about uh, you know the question on on firearms and and what our laws should be on that front. Uh, it's another thing when you're just flat out misinforming people. Um. You know, that, that sort of gets to me as as a reporter, you know, especially if your role is to be somebody who informs the public. That You know, because that's what I view my role as, right? That, sure. Where, where I'm writing for the Free Beacon is like trying to inform people, trying to tell them what the facts are, trying to give them the full picture so that people can make an informed decision. Um, and that's what really gets me is when I see other people in our industry who are supposed to be informing audiences, doing the exact opposite?
3: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, these people are are, are journalists. Uh, you're you're uh, they're uh, a counterpart, a colleague in the industry, journalism, and you're also write uh, prolifically about uh, firearms. Right. Are you ever? uh contacted in the aftermath of some of these because i would think you'd be able to provide some value information i mean not necessarily calm people down because again people's lives were senselessly taken but at least try to uh put some uh put some facts forth and say look at the end of the day there is someone evil behind this gun that wants to perpetrate harm on others and if they're if they know how to use firearms the type of firearm isn't as big an issue, especially if they're prolific in firearms. I mean, are you ever contacted in the aftermath of some of these tragedies? I would think you'd be someone who could provide some valuable information on this front.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, actually, I am. Yeah. Um, well, good. You know, I will have reporters from other outlets from from probably every outlet you could think of, all the mainstream outlets. Uh, do do it. Contact me for you know factual information and reference on on these points whenever they're when, when they're writing about firearms. Uh, I wish it happened more.
3: Sure. To be honest,
4: um, you know, but I, I, I will say that there is like there, there is some hope there. I think most reporters, uh, you know, your average reporter who, who's you know doing, doing a beat, they're trying to relay information correctly. They don't want to get things wrong. Not, not every one in media is like that uh, clearly. You know, right. But I think most most reporters who are focused on writing news stories are like that and oftentimes the problem comes uh out of ignorance when when you're talking about firearms and a number of other subjects but um and so so you know i I do put myself out there as a resource and i will say that to their credit there are a number of mainstream journalists who do reach out to me um and, and i'm always encouraged by that it's it's not perfect clearly things are not perfect in the media landscape when it comes to reporting on arms. but i hope you know things are getting better or we'll get better as long as I, and i'm going to do my part to uh to make that so
3: yeah and we certainly appreciate your omen's work on that no question about it i guess you know what what i'm looking at is i i you know i Obviously, a television—that's the most accessible thing that people will have, and they'll be watching television and you know, breaking news that come yeah. in. There's a, a high-profile shooting, and literally before any facts are ascertained, literally before uh, bodies are, are even cold, they're already making speculations. They bring on the pr- most prominent talking head politician of the day, and they're and they're uh, speculating on something in mm-hmm. which there's no way they could have ascertained all of the facts. And again uh yep. sure you're you're quoted in in some of these uh, pieces online and maybe get a, a television appearance but it doesn't seem like there are enough advocates you know on our mm-hmm. side that are that are having their perspective heard
4: yeah i mean i think it's certainly an issue that um especially in television news where um i mean first just the nature of 24-hour news coverage where you're just scrambling to cover to fill space before you have necessarily all the facts, which leads to a lot of sure. speculation on air. Um, and in those sorts of situations, it leads to a lot of um, uninformed opinions being aired uh, before anything else, and, and that is obviously a huge problem. And I would say, too, that there is a, a, an imbalance, of course, in um, you know the, the points of view offered on, on cable news often. Um, when it comes to firearms. uh, You know, I think there's perfectly legitimate criticisms of the industry, Um, you know, ones that I make myself, you know, regularly. So uh, I would love to see changes in that regard. I'd love to see things get better. You know, even this report that we talked about, right, um, earlier in the show, um, I don't see how you can interview Beta who's made this, his um, centerpiece of his campaign, and not bring up the fact that all of these police uh, groups have said that his idea is not only unconstitutional, but also just right. uh, completely unworkable. And they were very, very clear about their thoughts. And yet I've seen him interviewed several times on cable news, and I haven't seen anyone asking about this at all. He didn't respond to my request for comments, so if you're going to have him on, my point of view uh you should ask him this question it's very relevant to his campaign and i haven't seen it done so
3: yeah that's an excellent point i mean again they're, they're, he's not he's not going to get the nominee i think that we can pretty much make that determination but that doesn't mean that they uh these journalists should abdicate their responsibility in at least uh broaching that particular area uh once again we've been uh, honored to be joined by Stephen gatowski he is a writer for free beacon uh, washington free beacon check out their fine work at freebeacon.com Stephen is uh particularly uh, well-versed in gun policy. Uh, Stephen, we got a couple minutes. Before we let you go, I want to get your input on uh, uh, President Trump's stand in the Second Amendment. Obviously, he got uh, uh, overwhelming support from the National Rifle Association when he was running for president, and then some mass shootings took place, and then he acquiesced, okay, maybe we should— uh, ban uh, bump fire stocks, and then, uh, well, due process kind of takes a little long. Maybe those people who are questionable that maybe shouldn't have firearms, maybe we should just go in and get them. I think due process might take a while. I mean, this was an actual quote that he had in a in a cabinet meeting saying to his vice president, <laughs> Mike Pence, and then he's talking about maybe some strong, more universal background checks, and he backed off it. He seems to be all over the place on, on gun policy, Stephen Gutowski. Do you feel that the president really is rooted in any – Core convictions on this issue, or is he just kind of uh, seeing where the political wind blows? Because I've just heard so many crazy positions come from his office.
4: Yeah, well, I think people by now realize the nature of President Trump and, and his public statements can often be fairly erratic on any issue. <laughs> True. Um, I mean, so, like, you have to sort of uh, judge that in context, right? Um, and I would say that his record is is fairly good. Um, other than, obviously, the bump stock ban, which is quite bad, uh, given the way that, not, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't necessarily care much about bump stocks, in particular, There are only a couple hundred thousand people who own them, which is relatively small in the firearms community, but uh, the way that that was done, I think, is going to be problematic if, if a Democrat or, you know, someone who's... Uh, uh, more staunchly anti-gun than president trump gets into the office they can right. use it as a template for other things sure. because essentially it was a unilateral move didn't involve congress in any way right and there's a lot of problems with the precedent that sets. so you know but at the same time there haven't there hasn't been any new gun control legislation under president trump um they did roll back a few of uh, uh, president obama's executive orders early on in president trump's can, um you know administration so you know it's certainly something where you could argue uh either way but uh overall uh, based on actual actions um he's been fairly pro-gun to this point um but obviously it, it's not wrong to uh be uh, skeptical of, of the things he said right. publicly like you mentioned or some of the stuff he's voiced support for, which which would obviously be quite bad if if it did ever become law. So, uh, you know, it's something that I think everyone has to judge for themselves.
3: Once again, uh, Stephen why writes for the Washington Free Beacon. Check out their fantastic work, freebeacon.com. And again, Stephen, uh, quite prolific in writing about uh, firearms and uh, gun policy. Stephen, appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. Have a great uh, rest of your day, and uh, look forward to reading your uh, columns in the near future. Thank you.
4: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. AM
3: 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Brad Carlson in today for Mitch Berg, out on assignment. We'll be back in mere moments. Don't know where. And if
5: you want these kind of dreams, it's Californication.
2: Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call low-cost airlines. Their prices are direct from the airlines, and they're so low you can't find these fares published anywhere. They specialize in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rental rates, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, they can help you get there cheaply and with the best price guarantee. If you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. So don't wait. Call right now for the lowest travel prices anywhere and for great last-minute travel deals, too. Call right now, 800-708-3091. 800 708 That's eight hundred seven zero eight thirty ninety one.
6: Every parent has seen a time where dinner is on the table and one of the parents is trying to help with the homework. And it explodes in your face. You all of a sudden have one child crying. Dad is upset. Mom is standing there looking with her hands up in the air. What do we do now? That was the time when we went to the professionals at Mathnasium. Hi, I'm Brenda from Southwest Minneapolis. We discovered that Skylar needed a little bit of of help during parent-teacher conferences in the second grade. That's why we went to Mathnasium. The results that we've seen so far are just stellar. At the beginning of school last year, she essentially did not want to go to school. Six months into the program, she was basically counseling and helping other kids in her math group. Her confidence ballooned. I would highly recommend Mathnasium. Enrich your child's future by helping them
7: become confident and find lifelong success with math. For more info and $50 off, Call Mathnasium at 763-269-6969. Hi, my name's Christina Stumble, and I own Farm Girl Flowers in San Francisco. With my Spark Cash Card from Capital One, I earn unlimited 2% cash back on all my business purchases. Last year, I redeemed $115,000 in cash back. Yeah, $115,000. And that doubled our digital marketing budget for the summer. Thanks to my Spark Card, we had our best summer yet. Imagine what the Spark Card from Capital One could do for your business. What's in your wallet? Real Capital One customers pay for real stories. Credit approval required.
8: Millions plan for retirement online, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your
3: benefits all from the comfort of your home and give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov.
5: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.
3: Welcome back. am 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Filling in for my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, who's out on assignment. But glad to be in for Mitch today. And thank you for joining the broadcast.
5: Don't get me wrong. You
3: can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we're here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in by Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we thank you for tuning in, and we thank our guests uh, today, Sarah Qualley of Personhood Alliance and Stephen Kotowski, Second Amendment advocate and writer for the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, fantastic stuff. Always love having folks on who are uh, experts in their particular field and uh, kind of conveying to us what's going on out there while they're out in the field. And, uh, you know, some of the some of the things they have to tell us are pretty sobering, to say the least. But uh, it's all about eternal vigilance in those particular issues when it comes to the abortion issue. Uh, as well as firearms. So we thank our guests today. want to bounce off a little bit on the gun issue with a story that the Star Tribune came out with citing a Minnesota poll which says support remains high for universal background checks. Now, you recall last session this was a big focus of the Democrats, but they were unable to get anything. Well, they never, first of all, uh, they were trying to pass a couple of different bills uh, One was for red flag laws, which indicate if a person demonstrates that they are a threat to themselves or to others, that a magistrate can rule that that person can have their firearm taken away. And then there was also one for background checks, as this is uh, talking about here. Uh, What they conveniently leave out is background checks also includes firearm transfers, What they're talking about here is, you know, well, 80% support uh, background checks on all gun sales, including those sold privately or at gun shows. Again, they're uh, referring to the false notion that there is a gun show loophole. There is not, okay? And yet they continue to peddle this information out there or the sin of omission. They don't talk about transfers, okay? If I own a firearm and I want to transfer to a relative to go hunting, this law would say that I have to file paperwork in order to let, my, say, my brother borrow my firearm, and then I ha- have to pay a fee in order to uh, apply to get my legally owned firearm returned to me, okay? So this also is for transfers. Say, you know, grandpa wants to leave his firearm to his grandson, you know, bequeath his firearm to his grandson when he passes away, okay? Things like that. They want to have all of these done and pay a fee for transfers, Okay, not just sales. They conveniently leave that out. But yet the way they phrase these questions, they say, well, look at this, 80%. Why would anybody oppose this? Well, and again, as I alluded to, the red flag laws and the uh, background check laws that they attempted to, that they were banding about, I believe they were House Files 8 and 9 last session, they never even took an up or down vote in the House. Okay, now you have a significant majority D- DFL in the House. Wouldn't you take a straight up or down vote if, if you if these had 90 percent support, they were touting 90 percent support for both of these bills last session. You know, combine that with a DFL majority. Why would you not take an up or down vote instead they try these procedural maneuvers where they try to slip things into uh, in, into uh, budget bills? Okay. And they never did did once take an up and down vote. And again, they felt. And here's the thing there was only a scant one seat majority in the Senate. Eventually, it was a 35 32 majority for Republicans in the Senate. But if, again, if they have 90% support, wouldn't you think you might be able to flip a couple of Republican senators, assuming all Senate DFLers would vote? For these particular gun control bills, so you know it, it's just a continuing charade. But I will we um, I'll read from this um, Star Tribune story. Uh, one of the deeply partisan divides over guns that the poll found was over banning military styled rifles such as the AR fifteen. Support for a ban on such firearms was strongest among uh, uh, Democrats at eighty two percent, compared to thirty five percent among Republicans. The nation's long-running gun debate has further intensified since a pair of mass shootings in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio, left more than 30 dead just hours apart in August. The bloodshed renewed calls for stronger gun restrictions nationwide. But again, they never address how you're going to keep guns out of the hands of criminals because, you know, like we were talking with Stephen Gutowski last segment, they never wait for all the facts to come in. Once all the facts are ascertained, And you say you want to pass these particular laws. Okay, great. The laws you're referring to, specifically in El Paso and Dayton, how do you prevent the perpetrators of those particular shootings from getting firearms under your laws? And no one ever answers these questions. And I get it. People are in anguish over the senseless gun deaths that take place in these spree killings. Absolutely. It's heartbreaking. It shouldn't happen. And, and and if I thought banning firearms and restricting sales of these particular firearms would work, I'd be all for it. But it's been all evidence to the contrary. The only ones who would ab- abide by these laws are, guess what, law-abiding citizens. And even Beto O'Rourke, you know, we alluded to Beto O'Rourke talking on, uh, he was talking on CNN. I forget who the um, who the reporter was. I think it was Alison Camarada, maybe. To her credit, said to him, uh, you know, these laws all sound fine and good, but... Most of these mass shooters don't aren't too big on following gun laws. So how do you prevent mass shootings of people who want, who have no problem breaking the law and are willing to trade their life for several others? How, how, how do you prevent those people from getting guns? And that is n- no coherent answer is ever given. So again, you can tout this 80%, but the only reason they get 80% support is they don't phrase the question properly. They never once mention transfers never once so you know when someone like Mayor Jacob Fry of Minneapolis says you know what, what's it going to take for these common sense gun laws to get passed well how about being uh, forthright with what you're proposing in here because re- I, I've, I've never seen any honesty when taking these polls and you know again this is just to try to gin up support while filing misleading questions it's frustrating to say the least M-1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson, in for Mitch Berg, back in mere moments.
0: Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving.
5: If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts bag one to eight, eight, nine, eight, eight. At four imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items with our hundred percent guarantee. It'll be right the first time on time. Every time your free magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988.
0: The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI, U.S. of 52 Weeks, 71419 by UPC,
5: MLBO. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. When I competed in gymnastics, I used to love to talk about my health, my energy, and my will to win gold. But today, I want to talk to you about something I used to keep private my menopause between my hot flashes and night sweats and worse my constant fatigue i felt like a stranger in my own life nothing i tried could give me relief until i discovered amberin amberin is clinically shown to relieve 12 menopause symptoms amberin is not a drug and is 100 percent estrogen free and clinically tested thanks to Amberin, now my energy is back and those days of fearing hot flashes and night sweats are gone I feel like myself again. Amberin works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine stores and see why Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement.
9: Western Wall. Sail on the Sea of Galilee. Pray on the Mount of Beatitudes. The list goes on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. The 10-day Stand with Israel Tour, December 2019.
0: Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on the Stand with Israel Tour, December 2nd to the 11th. Register at am1280thepatriot.com.
3: Boom, 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 boom. Welcome back, Game 12 to the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast. It's the Headliner Edition. Sands, the Headliner, Mitch Berg, who is out on assignment, is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show for any comments or questions. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Hope you can uh, catch our other Narn broadcasts as well. You can catch my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It is the King Banyan Show, Saturdays 9 to 11 a.m., And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, normally heard in this very time slot, 1 to 3 p.m. on Saturdays, as a headliner edition, but again, he's out on assignment. And I am a closer. I close out weekends on Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m., but tomorrow will be a best-of edition of the Brad Carlson Show. But we hope you tune in regardless, as I'm going to be replaying my show from September 29th, where I interview longtime sportscaster Tom Ryder, who is with KSTP and CARE 11 from the early 70s to the early 90s. And he had written a book entitled The Hummelsheim Kid. It was a fascinating interview. Tom Ryder has accomplished a lot in his life, no doubt about it, and the joy and enthusiasm with which he conveys his life and how he just has no regrets despite the fact uh, he was – Uh, unceremoniously dumped by Kara Levin at age 54 back in 1991. He eventually won an age discrimination suit that went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah, it's a fascinating life story that Tom Ryder had to share, and I hope you will definitely tune in tomorrow to hear it. Uh, Again, it'll be a best-of show that uh, I had broadcast back in late September. I do want to get to some more local news From this past week, you know, we talked a little bit about the debacle that has gone on at the Minnesota Department of Human Services. And in case you had forgotten, uh, we can kind of maybe go over a brief timeline. Uh, Dave Oreck at the Pioneer Press back in July put together a terrific timeline, kind of going over everything that had happened because the news was moving uh, so quickly. Uh, Let's start with, uh, you know, earlier this year, January, February time frame. Uh, Governor Walls, of course, took office and appointed uh, State Senator Tony Lurie, uh, a fellow Democrat, as Department of Human Services Commissioner. Lurie was known as a wonkish lawmaker regarding health care policy, and he brought on Stacey Weeks as his chief of staff. Weeks had previously served as Lurie's right hand on human services for several years in the Senate when Lurie chaired the Health and Human Services Committee. Now, as an aside, Lurie left the Senate, and that seat went up for a special election, and it went to Republican. So the Republicans' majority went from 34 to 33, very razor thin, to 35, 32. They actually had a little bit of margin for error. And when Tony Lurie assumed this position as DHS commissioner, he talked about it as a lifelong dream, lifelong dream job, only four or five months later to say, eh, you know what, nah, I'm, I'm moving on, I'm resigning. And not much was talked about it. When Tim Walls was asked about it, he said, oh, oh, oh I don't do drama. Yep, we're just going to move on. We're going to get this uh, position filled and, and move on from here. And it really wasn't talked about why Tony Lurie all of a sudden resigned a job that he was so eager to take on. And then in May, uh, Inspector General uh, Carolyn Hamm, who was overseeing the child care fraud, if you remember that incident where there was funds – earmarked for child care that was being diverted out of the country okay and carolyn ham who's an ins- inspector general she was placed on leave while her oversight role was being investigated because it there was failure to follow up on this on this particular fraud well carolyn ham took a lesser role within the department of human services but she was still getting paid the same salary she was making as inspector general how is that a punishment Unbelievable. I get due process and investigation and all that. But this was months later and she was still getting the same paycheck despite working a lesser job. Uh, In June, the DHS's longtime medical director of the state Medicaid program, Dr. Jeff Schiff, was ousted. uh, And he was very critical of the agency upon his departure, saying that uh, uh, the situation there pointed to serious systemic issues with the leadership and leadership culture of the agency. Now, this was having to do with the uh, dollars that were earmarked for the opioid uh, prescri- uh, opioid epidemic that was taking place on a couple of prominent uh, Native American reservations. And way too much money was being diverted to this program, more than the, that they had coming. And, they, and to their credit, some members of the reservation reached out to the DHS, saying, "You know what? This doesn't seem right. Quite right. Are you sure this is right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good." Well, it's tunes to the tune of millions of dollars were incorrectly diverted to this opioid uh, uh, task force or, or opioid treatment program, whatever it was, on these and these Native American reservations. Now the feds want their money. Well, it's not they, these reservations don't have it just lying around. So where are they going to get it? Okay. Can you imagine uh, the DHS coming with hat in hand next session? Yeah, that'll be a good look, won't it? And then you have uh, deputy commissioners, uh, Chuck Johnson and Claire Wilson, announcing their resignations. And then Tony Lurie, after that, uh, she de- uh, he decided to resign. And then once Tony Lurie resigned, then deputy commissioners Johnson and Wilson decided to unresign. And so it was ascertained that they didn't like how Tony Lory was coming in and trying to, you know, shake things up and get things running more smoothly and make radical changes. And so Lory, probably frustrated by the process, you know, being bought, talk about a swamp, decided to resign. And then Johnson and Wilson unresigned, and then I think one of the two re-resigned, something crazy like that. And then Pam Wheelock took over as deputy commissioner. And if you go back to Sometime in the summer, I believe it was, uh, well, I think it was May. It was May time frame, May or June time frame. I don't remember exactly when. Maybe it was in the summer. I don't recall. Pam Wheelock, where she gave testimony uh, before a Senate committee. And just the utter obfuscation and word salad that she put forth to these questions was just embarrassing. And it's completely, it's complete chaos at the DHS All these months later and I bring all of this up to kind of give you the background kind of catch you up because there was a whistleblower within the Department of Human Services that is still alleging that there's ongoing retaliation for her raising alarms Over state opioid contracts. This is from the Star Tribune. A whistleblower at the Minnesota DHS alleges she has been retaliated against and effectively barred from doing her work as a compliance officer since she raised alarms this summer about the legality of some drug abuse prevention contracts issued by the agency. Faye K. Bernstein, age 54, an attorney and lead contract specialist at the DHS, said in recent interviews that she has been excluded from key meetings over state contracts, subjected to threats of termination, and targeted with rumors designed to undermine her credibility. Bernstein said that this sustained campaign of retaliation began in mid-July after she raised alarms about contracts approved by the agency's behavioral health decision which awards millions of dollars each year in contracts to mental health and substance use treatment providers. I was told by a supervisor that I needed to be stifled, Bernstein told uh, told Star Tribune on Friday. It makes me worried that the same mistakes will be made again and over the long term there will be misuse of taxpayer dollars. Bernstein alleged that DHS employees skirted the rules in awarding contracts to organizations that some managers failed to report contract violations as required by law and that some people, some employees had had possible conflict, conflicts of interest. In August, Bernstein filed a formal complaint against eight supervisors. I hate it when it does that stories refresh when you're in the middle of reading it. Sorry about that, folks. Um, In August, Bernstein filed a formal complaint against eight supervisors, managers, and employees at the DHS in which she called for a very public apology to lessen the chill of staff reporting incidents of retaliation. She recently shared details of her alleged mistreatment, including dozens of internal emails with legislative auditor James Nobles, who said Friday that his office, an independent, nonpartisan arm of the legislature, is monitoring the situation. We are concerned, Noble said. If she is fired, we will certainly consider an investigation. In July, Bernstein was escorted out of the DHS central office at 540 Cedar Street in St. Paul after she wrote an email to all the employees in her division, encouraging them to speak out about problems within the agency. Bernstein was allowed to return to the building, but she alleges that she has been sidelined to the point where she is no longer able to do her work reviewing state contracts for compliance so if i'm reading this correctly her role is compliance officer to ensure that this agency is compliant with what they're supposed to be doing via state statutes so if you interpret this correctly by doing her job she's getting uh, retaliate she's being getting hit with threats of retaliation for doing her job this is insane okay i hate to i hate to use hyperbole here but this is like this is like a mafia type of situation where you keep things within the family and if you dare to speak out of turn if you're if you're a quote-unquote rat which is how some people are probably characterizing it um you know you're not going to be swimming with the fishes okay that's a little too hyperbolic but your life's going to be made a living hell. This is just so wrong. And what galls me to no end is you have Governor Walls continuing to virtue signal on these other issues, like wanting to implement some sort of California-style environmental policy, or like we read about this last segment, uh, the going uh, trying to pass gun legislation that has no hope of solving the real issue, which is people getting guns that shouldn't have guns, Okay, we're continuing with that drum beat, but when brought it, when the DHS is brought forward, wow, well, well, I, I don't do drama. I don't do drama. Seriously? The DHS is responsible for funding programs for some of our most vulnerable citizens in this state, and yet your whole thing, well, I, I don't do drama. We'll, we'll get an investigation done. We'll, we'll get things corrected. And then, go, honestly, go back and listen to Pam Wheelock's testimony before that Senate committee. It was like two or three hours of just word salad. That seems to be my phrase of the day, isn't it? Word salad, right? But that's what it was. It was just a bunch of redirection, obfuscation. It, I equated it at the time. I talked about it at the show in the, the time last summer. It was like no, having no shot clock in basketball. Well, you just try to run out the clock and don't allow the other team to to, to get any points. Yeah, you might be damaged and, and, and might not look good, but as long as the other team doesn't get any points, i.e., you know, the Senate committee getting any valuable information on how to to correct this. You know, I there there are a few things that make me go down to the Capitol. You know, I go down to the Capitol and rally for you know, obviously for gun rights, and I, I'll meet with my legislators down there. But if any of these people have the unmitigated gall to go to the legislature with hat in hand and ask for money to try to rectify this situation, I, I I'm serious. This is what needs to be protest. This is where legislators need to be called out and say, not one dime until you start cooperating with these investigations of why there's so many irregularities and why there's so much alleged waste, fraud, and abuse. And and God help us all if Jim Nobles retires. I think he's 70 years old right now. I mean, there aren't many people in St. Paul who universally are revered, but Jim Nobles, a legislative auditor, is one of those people. And hopefully he has a sufficient replacement groomed in case he does want to retire soon because uh, uh, that place would be... It's hard to imagine, but somehow worse off th- than it is now. But, and again, I've emphasized this before. The Minnesota Department of Human Services, in, in terms of taxpayer dollars, is the most largely funded government agency okay, in the state. And there are levels of bureaucracy, divisions within the DHS, that are bigger than some state agencies as a whole. And that's just a specific division within the DHS. So this is absolutely ridiculous. So I, I'm not really interested in hearing... About uh, from Governor Walz implementing, once again, a California-style environmental policy if this thing isn't going to get solved. Because this is ridiculous how this is continuing to go on. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in by Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, filling in for the headliner. Mitch Burr back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. It's been a long, did work. I'm out on the free. And I'm wondering if it's all
1: worth the price that I pay Sometimes it doesn't seem fair I pull into the drive and you're standing there And you look at me And give me that calm your baby smile It's all gonna be alright
2: AM 1280, The Patriot. As Winston Churchill said, all the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Hi, this is Andrew Parker with the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. Join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. for The Victory Hour, when we will talk politics, Israel, and the law. The Victory Hour, Sunday afternoons at 4, here on The Patriot. I'm impressed With my attorney, Bernie.
9: Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older... and they discounted it to only 19.95 approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more let's see if we can get you out of pain too go to relieffactor.com relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384
7: Are you ready to make some improvements to your home? Maybe plush new carpeting or beautiful wood flooring? How about worry-free, waterproof, luxury vinyl plank flooring in your bathroom or basement? They even have a huge variety of affordable kitchen cabinets and countertops to choose from. When you're ready to start looking, Serenity Home Interiors can help. With their spacious 4,000-square-foot Burnsville showroom, they have thousands of combinations to match your dreams and your budget. Plus, the friendly professionals at Serenity Home Interiors are here to help you every step of the way. Serenity was founded on providing you with main brands you can trust, service you deserve, and pricing you can afford. So whether you need full-service interior design, a new floor installed, or you're a do-it-yourselfer and just want to purchase what you need at a great price, Serenity Home Interiors has you covered. Call today for a free no-pressure, no-obligation in-home consultation and estimate at 952-303-4033 or visit shi-mn.com.
9: You'll find me out here every Sunday since I turned my garage into the Purple Palace. Went to Closet and Storage Concepts, told them exactly what shade of purple I wanted, where to put the 65-inch LED, and they designed my custom kingdom. Then gave me the plans, one all-inclusive price, and all the time I needed to make a decision, which was about 30 seconds in my case, but still, I appreciated the low pressure. Visit Concepts.com to see how they can turn your garage into your personal sports bar. Oh, Widow Aaron got sacked. <laughs>
3: Welcome back, AM 1280 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, filling in for my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, who is out on assignment today. Always good to join Mitch's audience. And uh, we hope you will join uh, the show tomorrow. Uh, I will be playing a best-of show where I, I will be replaying, among other things, my interview with a former Twin City sports anchor, Tom Ryther, who wrote a book entitled The Hummelsheim Kid, Tom it's a book about his life, and he's led a very interesting life. He's interviewed three presidents. Kind of give you a little spoiler there. Yeah, he's had the opportunity to interview three presidents. I won't tell you which ones, but uh, he's got a fascinating story, including uh, many of you might remember his uh, age discrimination suit he filed against CARE 11 after being unceremoniously dumped by the station in 1991 at age 54. He ultimately uh, won that lawsuit. Okay, there's another spoiler alert. But uh, he'll talk about everything that led up to that and uh, a lot of the fascinating people he's had the opportunity to meet in his career. And there are some people here in the Twin Cities, some uh, journalists that uh, he doesn't care for, and Tom didn't pull any punches in conveying why he doesn't care for these individuals. So uh, it's it's not all controversial, salacious in the content of the interview, but it, it was a good one nonetheless, and I enjoyed it. And again, that'll be tomorrow on the closer edition of the Northern Alliance from 1 to 3. I hope you can tune in. I only have a couple of minutes to go, uh, but this you've obviously heard of the shocking, horrifying story about a father uh, not wanting his seven-year-old son to be transitioned into a female, but that apparently is what a Texas jury ruled can happen uh, after this gentleman and his wife got a divorce. The wife wants to uh, apparently allow the seven-year-old boy to transition to being a girl. I'll read from the Washington Examiner. Jeffrey Younger had petitioned a court in Texas to grant him sole custody of his twin sons, in part to avoid a plan to infuse one of his sons with female hormones. I'm not going to say the son's name on here. You can find it if you want to. I just, I don't know. For some reason, I just think it's bad form. Uh, The boy who would like to be called Luna has been the center of controversy in the heated debate among his parents and others. And Garagulus, uh the mother of the two boys, has advocated for the one to transition into Luna and has strongly backed the idea of chemically castrating her son and beginning hormone replacement therapy. The ruling on Wednesday will prevent Jeffrey, the ex, now ex-husband, from having sole custody of his children and paves the way for Garagalus to proceed with the procedure. The court has ruled that Gragilis will maintain sole custody of her two children and go forward with plans to give James life-altering medical procedures. Her original court filing had sought to limit her ex-husband's visit with their children and require that he now refer to James as Luna. She further asked that Jeffrey not be exposed uh, to any people who would not confirm uh, his female identity. So I'm uh, sorry I said the boy's name even though I said it wasn't going to, but whatever, it's out there. Um, I how How is there any law in place that would allow a parent to uh, – this is just shocking to me. How is there any law that would allow them to infuse a, a boy with female hormones and have some sort of puberty blocker? I that that's just shocking to me. And how could a jury in Texas rule such a thing? Well, fortunately, uh, a day later, it was determined that uh, there will be a Texas judge that will ultimately decide uh, the fate amid the parents' uh, gender transition battle, and even uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Wait in. Uh, this is from Fox News. A Texas dad's desperate battle to keep a seven-year-old child from undergoing a gender transition championed by the biological male's mother has captured the attention of conservatives nationwide, including the Lone Star State's governor, who announced a review of the case by top officials even as all involved await a pivotal court ruling Thursday that could alter the youngster's life forever. And you know a lot of these leftist outlets when this story was being touted they, a lot of their headlines was conservatives pounce on this story or conservatives are weaponizing the uh, transition, the gender transition of a seven-year-old boy. It's like, honest to God, how how can you even have a conscience or, or a soul if you approve of stuff like this? I mean, I'm sorry. this 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 just seems like abuse. Now, from what I understand, there have been follow-up stories that have come out and said, that the use of of, of hormone uh, injections, female hormone injections and puberty blocker, that that apparently uh, was overblown, not necessarily true. And I hope that's the case. Uh, But this idea that we're going to now have courts force people to use your preferred pronoun. You may be a boy, but you have to call that person by their new name or by the right pronoun he or uh, her or she okay so much for free expression so much for free speech if you have a a a, a, judicial branch of our government mandating how we speak uh there are all sorts of dangerous roads ahead so we better be eternally vigilant with this one as well ladies and gentlemen i've enjoyed it brad carlson in from mitchburg god bless you all god bless america If you have
8: cracked teeth, missing teeth, or old, wobbly dentures, you've probably thought about getting dental implants, but when you checked around, you discovered that many places charge a lot of money, $4,000, $5,000, $6,000 a tooth. Well, it's time for you to check out ImplantMiracle.com, the local dental office where top quality, long-lasting dental implants cost as low as $2,499 a tooth, including the implant abutment and crown, plus your consultation with the dentist is free. Standard x-rays are free and we offer very convenient financing. Why do we call it Implant Miracle? Because with implants as low as 2499 and other places charging so much more, some people say that being able to get affordable dental implants is a miracle. For more information on how you can save money on dental implants and get a beautiful new smile that you can actually afford, see our website implantmiracle.com. That's implantmiracle.com.
1: national competition for your business is eating away at your customer base faster than you can keep up it's as if they have a backroom of digital marketing minions swallowing your customers one by one and it's not a pretty sight What if you could beat them with your own minions? You need Salem Surround, a full-service digital agency with all your digital marketing under one roof. When a potential customer searches for your product, do they find your business or the competition? Is your contact information accurate and everywhere it should be to reach today's digital consumer? Does your website have all the right tools to turn visitors into leads? We've got some solutions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to help get your message in front of today's digital audience. We'll help deliver customers by putting your business message in the right place at the right time. Don't just invest in a marketing strategy. You need to surround your target audience. Learn more at surroundmsp.com, connecting you with new customers. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow.
0: Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov.
5: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.
0: AM 1280, The Patriot is WWE.